Would you pray with me? God in heaven, we give you thanks for your word that continues to speak to us today. Lord, the same Holy Spirit that inspired these words from Paul and John and others that we may hear from today is the same Spirit that dwells in us. And Father, I pray that your word would speak, and Lord, whatever we need to hear today, Lord, that you would challenge us, Lord, and bring us to a place where we are more and more transformed into the image of your son, Jesus. It's in his name we pray. Amen. Turn to Ephesians chapter 5, and we're going to begin looking at verse 1. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 1. Chapter 5 begins with these words, Be imitators of God. Be imitators of God. We are called to be like God. And how do we know what God is like? We know what God is like by looking to Jesus. Be imitators of God, therefore, as dearly loved children, and live a life of love, just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. If you want to know what it means to be an imitator of God, we look to Jesus. It is his life, the way that he lived among people, and the way that he died that shows us what God is like. And then over the next 20 verses in this chapter, uh, Ephesians chapter 5, verses 1 through 21, uh, Paul gives uh, a description of what it looks like to be an imitator of God. And he actually gives what I think is a, a three-point sermon on what it means to be an imitator of God. And there are three different points where he, he repeats this, this word, um, to walk in a certain way. And uh, throughout the Bible and the, the biblical letters um, in, in the Greek, to, to walk a certain way is, is a metaphor for living. How, how we walk is, is how we live. And there's three different um, parts in these verses in uh, chapter one, verses 1 through 20, where Paul says that we are to walk in a certain way. In verse 2, he says, live a life of love or walk in love. Then in verse 8, he says, live as children of light, or walk as children of light. And then in verse 15, he says, live as wise. Be careful how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise. And these are Paul's three points in these sermons, to, to walk in love, to walk as children of the light, and to walk in wisdom. This is the way that we become imitators of God. If we want to be like him, we walk in love. We walk in the way of light, and we walk in the way of wisdom. As I was preparing this week, um, I can't be quite as concise as Paul, so I'm just going to look at one of these. Um, I'm going to look at live as children of the light. Look at the second point here in Paul's sermon and talk about what it means to live in the light. I want to suggest to you today that walking in the, in the light relates to all three of these broken relationships that we've been talking about over the last couple of weeks. That we were designed to live as God with us, but our sin leads us to uh, have this division and, and our relationship with God becomes me versus God rather than God with us. That these relationships with one another that we are to have that are designed to be me and you together that become us versus them 
because of our sin, and then the relationship with ourself, this inner battle between the old self and the new self, the me versus me, uh, which God intended to be I, that we as a person, as a human being, would stand before, before God. And walking in the light is what brings healing to each of these divisions that were created by our sin. If we want to experience healing in these areas, then we must be willing to walk in the light. These three divisions are healed when we become willing to walk in the light rather than in the darkness. This is going to be, I think, a challenging sermon for many of us to hear this morning. And uh, so let's listen and be open to what God has for each of us. Ephesians 5.11, beginning at 5.8, he says this, For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. So live as children of light. For the fruit of the light consists in all goodness and righteousness and truth. And find out what pleases the Lord. Verse 11, Have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. To walk in the light, means that we are willing to expose darkness. And in particular, this morning, to talk about exposing the darkness that is in our own hearts. Walking in the light means that we are seeking those places in our hearts, those places that we're really good at hiding from other people, that we're really good at hiding from ourselves, and that we're really, well... We're not so good at it because it's impossible, but that we try also to even hide from God. We look for those places in our own hearts and we expose them. We bring them to the light. And it's that exposure, that bringing those things into the light of Christ that brings real healing. And I don't know anyone, and if you talk to anyone who has struggled with sin or sin in your own life, we know that we can't stay away from sin. We can't avoid sin in our own life simply by trying harder not to sin. It doesn't work, does it, Sam? (laughs) You said it's true. You know. We know. I know. It's simply by trying harder, by gritting our teeth, and trying not to do those things that we hate we find that we continue to do them over and over again. What is needed is light, exposure. That's what brings healing in our relationships with God and with others and with ourselves. But when we are willing to bring those things into our lives, into the light, it doesn't feel like healing, does it? It hurts. It's really painful. Light is painful. When somebody shines a bright light on you at 3 a.m. in the morning, it hurts. You flinch. You back away from the light. The light is painful, but it is what brings true healing. Turn with me to 1 John chapter 1, verses 5 through 8. As I was preparing this week, I was reminded of these verses from the letter of John, where he talks in his own way about what it means to avoid the deeds of darkness, but instead to walk in the light. In 1 John chapter 1, verses 5 through 8, and as I read these four verses, pay attention to the way that John talks about all three of those broken relationships, the, the broken relationship that we have with ourselves, with other people, and also with God, and how walking in the light can bring healing to all three of those. 1 John chapter 1, verses 5 through 8. 
This is the message we have heard and declare to you. God is light. In him there is no darkness at all. If we claim to have fellowship with him, he's talking here about our relationship with God. If we claim to have fellowship with him, yet walk in the darkness, we lie and do not live by the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with who? With one another the me and you relationships. If we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. If we claim to be without sin, we deceive who? Ourselves, not other people and not God. We deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sin, he is faithful, and he is just, and he will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. In these four short verses, John addresses all three of these relationships and how walking in the light can bring healing in our relationship with God, in our relationships with one another, and also in our relationships with our own selves so that we no longer deceive ourselves but walk in truth. Paul says, have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. This is exactly what John is saying here. Walk in the light. Walking in the light certainly has to do with our outward behaviors, with our actions. But even before that, it's about being honest about our sin. And not only about our sinful behaviors and actions, but also about our inner thoughts and our inner motivations. Uh, James Houston was uh, the founder of of Regent College, which was where uh, my wife went to graduate school. And he once said this, I want to be a Christian But in spite of that, I want to be honest. I want to be a Christian, but in spite of that, I want to be I want to be honest. Too often we have made being a Christian about our appearance. Too often, being a Christian is nothing more than managing our outward behavior, dressing the right way, saying all of the right words, using all of the right vocabulary so that everyone else thinks that we have all of our spiritual stuff all straightened out. And some of us have been around church for so long that we know how to act, right? You know what to do, and you know not, what not to do. You know how to carry yourself. You know the right words to say that other Christians will hear you and think, oh, that person, person's doing okay. You know all the ways to deflect questions that people ask about your spiritual life so that you won't have to go to those deep places in your own souls where you are hiding. And you also know deep down that all of that is really an act. And if all Christianity has become for you is that act about looking a certain way on the outside, then your Christianity is actually keeping you from Christ. Before we can live holy and righteous lives, we must expose our darkness to the light. Before we can live holy lives, we have to admit that we are not holy. We must confess that God is light and that we are not. But our temptation is always to to hide rather than to bring our hearts into the light. Have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. Bring them out into the open. 
Bring them into a place where you can see them and where others can see them. God sees them already, so bring them into the open where you can both see them together and experience the healing that he has for you. I want to be a Christian, but in spite of that, I want to be honest. Do you resonate with that quote? I do. Part of the journey that I have been on over the last few months in my life is to come to painfully come to an awareness of who I am. To be ugly honest about me. To be honest about my actions and about my thoughts. To be honest about what motivates me. To be ugly honest with myself. John says, if we claim to have fellowship with him, yet walk in the darkness, we lie and do not live by the truth. John talking here about walking in the darkness is not about our behavior, at least not at first. At least that's not the primary thing he's talking about. John's reference to walking in the darkness is walking in dishonesty. It's about living life without confessing to ourselves and to God about the truth, about what's really going on in here that is then making us act in ways that are destructive to ourselves and to our relationships. Let me say that again. John is talking about walking in the darkness here. He's talking about dishonesty, about living life in such a way where we don't confess to ourselves and to others and to God about what's going on in here that then makes us act in ways that destroy ourselves and our relationships. So I want to talk today about what it means to walk in the light with ourselves and with others and with God. 1 John 1, 6 If we claim to have fellowship with him, yet walk in the darkness, we lie and do not live by the truth. Verse 8, if we claim to be without sin, we deceive who? We deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. We need to walk in the light first with ourselves. We have to be honest with ourselves about who we are. The first step in a Celebrate Recovery program or any 12-step program is dealing with what? Denial, denial that we carry around with us every day. We are really, really good at deceiving ourselves. Isn't that a weird and strange thing? That we can deceive our own selves? We are experts at deceiving ourselves. There are some of you right now who are listening to me, and you are doing all kinds of mental gymnastics to get out from under what God may be saying to you this morning. You don't want to expose the darkness in your life. It's too painful to do. You are telling yourself in one way or another that what I'm saying doesn't actually apply to you because of this or that reason. So you're telling yourself that Paul's words and John's words, Pastor Ryan's words, they don't apply to me for one reason or another. That is denial. And we all do it. Many of you are doing it right now. If you continue to walk in denial, if you continue, continue to merely act like a Christian, then you will never meet Christ in a way that is truly transformational. If you continue to walk in denial, you will, conti- you will not ever meet Christ in a way that is truly transformational. It is by exposing the darkness in your own life with the light of Christ that brings true transformation. It's the only thing that can bring true transformation. 
John says, if you claim to be without sin, that is, if you remain in denial, then you simply deceive yourselves. And John says that the truth is not in you. Jesus will only meet you in those places that you invite him into. He will only meet you in those places that you invite him into. And if you deny that those places in your heart exist, he won't meet you there. He won't bring the healing there in those places. But friends, when you invite Jesus into those places, that me versus me battle that is raging inside of you, the mental gymnastics that you have to do every single day to fool your own self, all of that battle can become quiet. And rather than that me versus me battle that is raging, you can stand in Christ as I before God. God, this is me. Here I am. Your light hurts like a spotlight in my eyes at 3 a.m. in the morning, but here I am, all of me. And I don't like much of what I see or much of what I am, but here I am, God. It's in that place when you're willing to do that and to be exposed to the light of Christ in that way that he will bring his love and his healing. It's in that moment where you can truly experience the love of Christ who loves you in that place, not in the place that you're trying to be for everyone else. And until you experience Christ there in that dark and broken place, you will only experience the very boring and the very fruitless Christianity that you are masquerading to everyone around you. If you claim to be without sin, you deceive yourself and the truth is not in you. But if you confess your sin, he is faithful and he will cleanse you from all unrighteousness. We need to be walking the light with ourselves, and we also need to walk in the light with other people. James 5.16 says, Confess your sins to one another and pray for each other so that you may be healed. This doesn't mean that you have to walk around today and tell everyone in this room your deepest and darkest sin. It's not a good thing to do. You don't need to do that today, but you need to find a person who you are able to do that with. If you want to overcome the sin and the darkness in your life, if your desire is to be a person who walks in the light of God, who is the light, then we must be honest with other people. And there must be someone in our life who we can be truly ourselves to. Simply confessing our sin in the privacy of our own prayer life with God is usually not enough to bring about the transformation that we truly need. And the reason for that is because it's just too easy to fool ourselves, to believe that we're actually praying when we're really just talking to ourselves. What we need, what we need is Jesus in the flesh, in the words and actions of a brother and sister in Christ who is then able to be present with you and to listen to your confession. And you need to find a person in your life who can do two things for you. First, a person in your life who isn't willing to put up with your little song and dance about all of the ways that you avoid talking about what's really going on in you. Someone who's willing to call out the BS that you give. A person who loves you enough to notice when you're fooling yourself. A person who loves you enough to say, I need you to say more to me right now. A person who's willing to say, you're hedging, you're dodging, you're flinching from the truth. 
So you need a person who's willing to do that. And secondly, and I won't say more importantly, but you need to confess to a person who knows the gospel. After you've painfully brought your sin into the light and that person has invited you, challenged you to bring it all into the light, after you've painfully brought your sin into the light, you need to hear and experience the words of another person say, here you are in all of your ugliness and brokenness, and Jesus loves you. You are not what you have done. You are what he says about you. You are worthy of his love because of what Jesus has done. When we begin to expose the darkness to another person who's willing to do those two things for us, to make sure that we are actually walking in the light and then to proclaim the gospel over us, that's when we will experience healing. I want to introduce you to a friend of mine this morning. Uh, his name is Mark. Many of you know Mark. And uh, Mark is going to share with us uh, his testimony. Mark, if you'd come on forward. Um, Mark's testimony is going to teach us a lot about what it means to walk in the light. And um, uh, he's uh, been at the rescue mission uh, for a while, and the rescue mission put together a video of his story. And uh, we're going to watch that together, and then uh, we'll have a little conversation with uh, my new chess partner here. Mark and I played yesterday. He beat me, but uh, it's okay. So, but uh, let's. Uh, <laughs> it was it was a one to one, right? Okay, we, we got to play the rubber match still, right? Okay. You got to break the tie. All right, all right. So here's here's part of Mark's story. desire to do any of those things. I like to say that I'm a 100% fully recovered man of God now. So, Mark, that's, that video shares a bit of your, your past years, 25, 30 years ago, but I want to talk to you about the things in the last few years since you've, since you've come to Christ. Um, can you share a little bit about the, the old man versus the new man stuff and some of the things that you learned to do in order to, to fight that battle? One of the things that, the number one thing I learned to do. Yes, keep that right oh, next to your mouth. Hold it up, I like it. There you well, go. Bear with me, guys. I'm, I'm not good at this. But uh, one of the things I learned to do was the opposite of... Uh, everything I'd done uh, in, my, in the old me. So like if the old me was uh, coming in the door and you was like coming in the door, I'd just walk over you. So the, in the new me, I would hold the door open and ask you to have a nice day, have a blessed day, how you doing? And the old me would like jaywalk. And I, the new me, I walk to the corner and actually cross <laughs> the street correctly. <laughs> so, you know, and... Uh, I just did little things like that, yeah. and it, uh, I, I constantly stayed on myself. It was a struggle because uh, I had to constantly stay on top of it every day. So uh, along the way, I, like I instilled a, like a punishment in case if I messed up. So like I used profanity a lot. So uh, 
what I did if uh, every time I use uh, profanity, I would do 10 push-ups. So I ended up kind of swolled up. <laughs> so I got kind of tired of that, and I was like, I'm going to have to watch what I'm saying. So I just learned. But that was uh, in, the, in those little things that yeah. I think uh, that later on taught me how to uh, handle bigger things that came along. So I'm very thankful that I did, that God gave me the wisdom to, to be able to, to foresee that and, and just, you know, just gave me the idea. I actually had to be still and, and you know, kind of like uh, not listen to me because yeah. I wanted to, I actually was always watching other spiritual people. And actually some of you guys here, I really think this is a very powerful spiritual uh, church. I couldn't, I used to wonder, why I keep going back over there? When it was the spirituality and you guys that kept drawing me in and just greet me in and just every time I came in with no questions and why has he got those glasses on? I actually want to take them off bad, but people people think I want to wear them because it's cool or something. Yeah, <laughs> it's because of your eyes and the disease, right? That, right, uh, right. That you have behind a... my eyes. Yeah. I'm just stuck in them. Yeah. So, but there's a contact lens coming soon. All right. So, Mark. Um, you told me a story yesterday of, you know, you had, you had come to Christ, you were trying to walk in these ways, but there was this little thing that you had hidden uh, someplace. Can you tell me that story? I think that'd be a good story for us. Terrible story. I'm going to tell you guys. Well, what happened was when I first, I think I was about four, it was when I first started coming here and the summer broke. And uh, I, I, when I, it's, okay, it's like a 12-step program to uh, recovery, addictions, things of that nature. So I figured that I could just cut off this, cut off that. So I had some marijuana. And I said, oh, I'm not going to throw that away. I'm going to keep that. So I put that in a, in a storage bin. So one day I actually uh, came from church, uh, from here, and went uh, to the storage bin and got the idea, I'm going to smoke that marijuana. You know what? I've been had it for like five months. It's got to be real good. So I go to go get it. Ride my bike, get my bike out. I'm sneaking. I sneak my bike up to the uh, storage bin, the U-Haul right here in Washington, dig it out, and uh, bring it outside of the storage bin, get on my bike. I said, well, I can't smoke it here on the property. I'm going to ride my bike somewhere and, and, and smoke it. As soon as I got on my bike and, and rode it, uh, like just a short ways away, it started uh, pouring down raining. And I dropped it in the, uh, I dropped the weed and uh, the marijuana in a uh, puddle of uh, uh, water. I said, well, you got to be kidding me. So I picked it up and I uh, patted it dry. And I said, I got to take it back over to the storage bin and dry it off on one of those blowers or something. So I took it back over there. And I'm running in and out of there. And I finally get it together. And I get back on the bike. And I said, well, they're probably looking at me like I'm crazy up in here running in and out of the storage bin. So I finally get on the bike and uh, just ride away. And it starts pouring down, raining while I'm trying to light it. It gets the lighter wet. It gets the marijuana wet. And I said, well, fantastic. <laughs> so I, I take it back to the storage bin. I said, what am I going to do with it? So I put it back up. And I said, well, no, they, they can possibly find it. This is totally wrong. This got out of church this morning, and I'm trying to do this. What is going on? So I decided, uh, well, I'm going to have to just flush it on down the, uh, the uh, toilet, the, the, you know, flush it down the toilet. Stool. So I did. And what, what, it, what it really uh, taught me was uh, uh, when God does something, he doesn't have to do it. You can't have to do it yourself. And 
Everything that actually is in the dark is going to come to the light. You got to constantly bring, uh, bring dark th- issues and dark things from the dark into the light. Yeah. It really taught me a whole lot. Awesome. So, awesome. I've been clean since, and what's the name wants me to say this one thing. Uh, I'm in my three years now. I've been clean. I like to call it my uh, junior year. You know, I had my freshman <laughs> year, my sophomore year. I'm in my junior year right now. <laughs> Thank you. So just uh, really quick, can you share a little bit about how, how community accountability has helped you in, in your journey from the dark to the light? That has been a, a really, that's very, that's very powerful and important because uh, in that, sometimes, even if you do get the notion that you want to do something, I'd be like, oh, wow, I can't do that because look, what are my friends, what are my friends going to say that? All my spiritual friends are going to be looking at me like, oh, I can't believe you did that, Mark. And I, so, you know, it's not so much about me. I, I Sometimes I just don't want to let hurt them. I think outside of me. Mm-hmm. I just don't uh, give in to, uh, to that kind of desire because it, it'll go beyond me mm-hmm. and how I feel. It'll actually affect them. And the, the spirituality and the, and the friendship that I have with, uh, like, all my friends over here, I love it. I mean, it's like those those were like acquaintances I had and old me. But these guys over here are, are, I mean, we don't even be doing nothing but just going out and eating, just goofballing. And I actually love that better than than any of the stuff I've done in the past. So it is just I'm I'm really uh, thankful uh, to uh, to God for that because I think it was the spirituality in in other people that – it got me uh, to the point where I'm at now. It, it really is. And that accountability is awesome. It is very powerful uh, to uh, have that in your life. Um, you know, you just, it's just something that it's really hard to explain, but it, it, it just feels good. Yeah. Mark, thank you, brother. We walk in the light with ourselves, with others, and we walk in the light with God. And that's the last thing we want to talk about today is walking in the light with God. The work that God does in us when we're willing to walk in the light, it's so transformative that even the worst things about us glorify God. Ephesians 5, 12 and 13 says this. I'm going to read it from uh, the New American Standard. I think that... Uh, communicates it more clearly. Ephesians 5, 13. All things become visible when they are exposed by the light. For everything that becomes visible is light. Everything that becomes visible is light. When we walk in the light, even our evil deeds, the things that we did become light because they become a testimony of God's grace in our lives. Mark could tell us about all kinds of evil deeds of darkness that he did in the past. Many things that he could tell us about. But today, those things of his, in his past have become light to us because we see the testimony of God's grace there. When the ugliest parts about us come into the healing light, they become a demonstration of the grace and mercy of God. 
Anything exposed to the light, truly exposed to the light, becomes light. And it is that healing power of Jesus that enables us to stand in Christ on the day of judgment as the I before God. And it's the healing power of Jesus that can heal our broken relationships with one another. And it's the healing power that enables us, when we are fighting against God, to experience God with us now and forever and ever. So let us walk in the light, friends. God, we thank you for this word. Lord, we thank you for the challenge of it. And Lord, I pray that if there's anyone here today who needs to step out from the darkness and into the light today, that you would give them the courage to do that. Lord, that they would find a person, someone they can trust, a leader in our church to sit with and to confess and to come into the light. And that that person would be a person who challenges them and to call, calls them to honesty and that also reminds them of the good news of Jesus. And Father, I pray that each of us would know, would know who you are for us and what you have done for us. I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.